Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Ramblers, let's get rambling. Another episode of Ramble with Russell, episode 687 of my podcast, the home intelligent rambling right here in the Talk Show Network. I'm one of the longest running single host of pop culture podcast in Ontario. Welcome to the show and welcome to another fine show. I know I've been a little bit delayed in getting things out, but you can just bear with me. It's just been a busy time of year for me and I'm doing the best that I can for you fine folks. And it's looking good for the, the, the writers. Uh, hopefully, you know, things are getting close to getting done and we can get back to Hollywood working properly again. Yes, ooh, that'd be great, wouldn't it? Because things are getting delayed, delayed, delayed. That's just not good. Coming up on today's show, it's a teenage kind of focus, if you will. We start things off with the Blu-ray review of No Hard Feelings, courtesy of Sony Pictures Home Entertainment, starring uh, Jennifer Lawrence. And a very interesting role. Let me go from uh, back to blast to the past past with a uh, 4K Blu-ray review of The Exorcist, courtesy of Warner Brothers Pictures Home Entertainment. And this is a the first time that it's been in 4K. And then we go from there to the sea, if you will, for the Blu-ray review of Ruby Gilman, Teenage Kraken, courtesy of Sony Pictures Home Entertainment. And then we keep with the undersea theme with my digital review of The Little Mermaid circa 2023, courtesy of Walt Disney Pictures Home Entertainment. That's all in this episode of Ramble with Russell. So I'm going to take a little musical interlude right up with the first review of the show. My Blu-ray movie review for this episode is No Hard Feelings, courtesy of Sony Pictures Home Entertainment. Now, this movie starring Jennifer Lawrence as, you know, as, as a, a down-and-out kind of uh, person who's, you, you, she's, she's kind of stuck in this small town. She's looking at trying to, it, she needs a car. She's, you know, had had better times. And she stumbles across an ad for a uh, uh, job listing to, 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 to be the boy, the girlfriend for this this kids who's, who has like these pair of helicopter parents because and they want they want him to be his girlfriend because he's like a 19 year old kid he's just got to go away to college and they want to get him out of his shell he's a little bit of um of uh, you know a shy kind of guy and and they throw in the enticing thing like this like this woman's on the you know this character she plays is on the brink of losing her home and then she she has a car that gets repossessed and she needs a car and they're offering a car as a reward so she takes on the job not really you know with any altruistic meetings but just to get it done <laughs> and now of course you know, you know jennifer lawrence she was of course in the um hunger games movie she was mystique in uh, the uh the more recent x-men movies so you know you've seen her around 
And this movie is is an interesting choice for Jennifer Lawrence because in it, she initially plays a person at the start of this movie where you're like, I mean, her personality is not the greatest. So these parents and these helicopter parents are really played well. I mean, I got to give them points that one of them is Matthew Broderick and he's almost unrecognizable. (laughs) It's like, Man, way to go, man! And and so so she gets hired to do this just because she needs a car, and 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 she so so she at first tries to seduce this young kid, uh, played by uh, Andrew Barth Feldman, uh, Percy, and and does the worst like seduction attempt I've ever seen. She gets maced for it. And it's like, well, yeah, you came off like super creepy. What did you expect the reaction was going to be? So her whole goal for the summer is to try to get this kid to essentially sleep with her. The parents don't, they don't directly come out and say it, but they really heavily imply it. (laughs) And so that's her goal in this. And, and she's considerably older. You know, he, he's a teenager and she's, you know, trying to play somebody in their older twenties. Although in real life, she's not that young. And and so this is the, the plot of the movie. Now, this is directed by, by Gene Stepinski. And you're thinking, you know, where have I seen that name before? He last directed Good Boys, which I have reviewed on this very show. So the humor is kind of there. And, and there is a scene in this movie where, where, um, where uh, Jennifer Lawrence's character and the and the kid are like skinny dipping at the beach, right? <laughs> and in Southern California, and and they leave their clothes on, you know, on the on the on the sand, and then some, you know, some some teenagers come and swipe the clothes, and you think, oh, okay, here's some hijinks now, and you see Jennifer Lawrence's character, uh, Maddie, trying to c- coming out of the water. You're thinking, oh, okay, you know, they're they're really going to keep this PG. They're only going to show her. You know, from maybe like the neck up, and they'll be very careful how how they shoot this. Well, no, she strides up to the beach naked as a jaybird, and proceeds <laughs> to found the beat up these kids for stealing the clothes. And I'm thinking, wow, <laughs> I didn't expect to see that. And I don't know if they maybe, but but this makes me believe that was like good on Jennifer Lawrence. I mean, she's. <laughs> I didn't expect to see that. So for all you people who were hungering, all these fans who all, you know, didn't see that in the Hunger Games or in the X-Men movies. Well, if you want to see the whole goods, <laughs> Jennifer Lawrence and to see her beating up people, naked. Uh, it, it's an odd scene. It's one of those ones, I almost wish I could have seen this, the reaction to this in a, in a movie theater with a bunch of people because it's like, did I did I just see that? So the whole movie plays out where where she is trying she, she spends all the time trying to, you know, uh, woo this kid and and she generally say, I think actually falls for him. And it's one point <laughs> she has to rescue him from this party. Oh, teenagers are looking like, why is this older lady coming in and behaving the way she's behaving? So it, it's kind of a part she's grown into. Near the near the end of the movie, they, they really the producers really want you to feel sorry for Maddie. You want to think, oh, you know, she's really not that bad of a person, even though her intentions to get into this whole arrangement are kind of kind of you know sus. <laughs> they really want you to like, okay, 
Like you really need to have sympathy for her because she's really not that bad of a person. And they, they really try to push that. And and for some degree it works, but overall she's really not that nice of a person. I mean, her all she, her movie her, her reasons for doing this are, <laughs> uh, you know. Uh, so th- that's there uh, for for uh, extras. You do get outtakes and bloopers. Those are funny. I always appreciate that. Uh, Motley Crue, you meet the characters of it. A little wrong, making the no hard feelings, and that and that's it. No director's commentary. You would think there would be, but there isn't. <laughs> quotes in this. I love reading quotes. It says one of them is Jennifer Lawrence is sensational by uh, Patrick Ryan of USA Today. I don't want to say sensational, but it is a unique role for. Her. And then uh, has a heart as big as its laughs by uh, Nate Richards of Collider. Uh, it, it really tries to be heartfelt, even though, you know, the whole subject of it is. Uh, it's one of those movies. It, it, it's 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 14A and it's not safe for kids to watch, even though there's a teenager in it. You know, and there is one point where, where the kid, Percy, does do a piano version of Maneater that I'm telling you, the kid can sing. <laughs> not not bad at all. It is what it is. Uh, you know, if if you want to see a different side of Jennifer Lawrence, okay. Um, it's, 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 my favorite, it's my favorite Jennifer Lawrence movie ever. No. Um, but but I'll, I will credit her. She does gutsy things in this. That, you know, uh, she's had enough acting now. She's had enough roles. They easily probably could have used a body double. But I don't think they did. And and that's that's a woman that's not shy at all <laughs> when it comes to that. Uh, it, there are some genuinely funny moments uh, in it. And, and it's an odd kind of, um, it's a different kind of relationship picture, if you will. So that is my take of No Hard Feelings or Sans Rancune on a Blu-ray. Courtesy of the great folks at Sony Pictures Home Entertainment. Out where we were broke The blood road and the desert oak Holding wrecks and boiling diesel in 45 degrees The time has come To say fair's fair To pay the rent To pay our share The time has come A fact's a fact It belongs to them
4K Blu-ray movie review for this episode is The Exorcist, the extended director's cut and original theatrical cut, courtesy of the great folks of Warner Brothers Pictures Home Entertainment. Warner Brothers Pictures sent me a copy of this 4K Blu-ray to review for the podcast. The opinions I express are my own. Now, The Exorcist is one of these movies that, you know, really set the bar, I guess, for possession films way back in the day. And it's one of those ones I I kind of, I've had, like, I think I've had a Blu-ray version of this. I believe I have my collection, although I really need to find it. Uh, a, a copy of this release where it's like a booklet kind of thing. Uh, this is the first time I have a chance to watch this in 4K. And it's one of these movies that still stands out today. You watch it today. And there are scenes in this film, man, that are something. If, if you are any kind of a religious person and easily offended, this movie today still stands as something you're going to go like, okie dokie. And, and what impresses me about it is, is that, you know, with all the modern digital effects we have in today's cinema, the, the, effects, the effects in this one still hold out. I mean, it's, it's an old movie. You know, you know, we're talking 50 years old now and and it's still as creepy, still as disturbing as it ever has been. <laughs> and, and there's no no denying that. I mean, it's just the way it's shot. The 4K transfer on this is really good. I think they did an excellent job restoring it. This is as good as this movie is going to get, really. 
when it comes to that. And it has been previously released on Blu-ray. I said I had, I do have like a you know cardboard book one of it somewhere, which has some um, behind the scenes kind of like pages and stuff. So I I couldn't find that for this review. Sorry, Ramblers, it's somewhere. So I can't really compare. You know, extras-wise, what that has compared to that, other than a nice little booklet of behind the scenes. Uh, the story is, of course, uh, an old wife, you have been living under a church, it revolves around a young girl, uh, played by Linda Blair, a Reagan, who unfortunately falls on the wrong side of a demon, gets possessed, and, and it's up to her mother uh, to to try and, and you know, uh, Chris, Chris McNeil, by Ellen Burstyn to try and turn this around and watching some of these scenes like where the kid gets tested man it, it just looks like ah, nasty so you have that uh, Max von uh, Sydow is Father Marin who is in the older priest that is involved with um, with this particular story and and you get a, a a good good cast of characters with this it's one of those movies that that I I think really really shines when it comes to that and and Jason Miller is uh, Father Kara so you have those two kind of forces working against it and and it still is a pretty powerful piece now for this 4K edition you do get both the theatrical and the director's cut and I watched the the director's cut and other than adding a little bit of fill in it it it's not much more than what originally it was <laughs> so keep that in mind. Uh, and and so you have two disc sets. So one uh, one disc is of course the theatrical cut, and one is director's cut. Special features: you have commentary by William Friedkin on disc one and two. But you and you and for on disc two, you also have the in, in the original theatrical uh, version. You do have additional commentary by producer screenwriter uh, William Peter Blatty. So that that is kind of cool, and you do get the introduction by William Friedkin in disc two uh, of the uh, theatrical edition. So so you get a, a lot to it. I, I listened to the theatrical uh, the commentary by the director, and a lot of it, and I'm not kidding you, he basically narrates the story. He's like, oh, okay, and then see in this here, and it's not not a lot of insight into the actual picture, just him kind of narrating the story. And so for more, you know, further insight, it's better to listen to the um, the uh, William Peter Blatty stuff if you want more of a, you know, insight into the story and how, how the movie was made. But but it's interesting to hear the director talk. Like, he's, like, relating the story to you. So if you don't own The Exorcist uh, previously and maybe you're thinking about buying it, this is the probably the, the prettiest it's ever going to be. And if you're not worried about like a ton load of extras, uh, what I would have liked to have seen is I think mean, a couple of featurettes here on the 50th anniversary, something and one on the on restoration and what went into it. I mean, you do get him talking about it on an introduction director, but I would have liked a little more meat in the bones that way and a little more behind the scenes for this release. That would have made it more of the definitive kind of collection. So if you have an older release and say these extra any of extras that are not on this one, you know, keep both. Uh, and, and if you just, you know, want an upgrade? It's pretty good. I, I I'm just in a chance to really find my old option of the Exorcist and kind of compare them both to see how much of an improvement it is. But just looking at my 5K, uh, 4K set, it looks just great. I mean, it looks fantastic. And if you don't have a version, this is the one to pick up. Has a nice slip cover on it, uh, which is kind of shiny and reflective, and that's kind of cool. And, and a nasty picture of, of the actress. It amazes me. I'd love to see her interview talking about this. 
because for a little kid to ask them to do what they did in a lot of the scenes is nuts. And even that head turning thing, man, it still stands out today. So yeah, it is what it is. It's, it's a great movie to watch this time of year. I, I still love the old uh, soundtrack of like the little bit of instrumental. It's really cool. And it is a, a frightening uh, a time. It, it's, for a 50-year-old film, it still holds up and it comes to just terrifying to watch sometimes. And, and the effects still stand out even 50 years later. So that is my take of The Exorcist on 4K Blu-ray, the extended director's cut, and the original theatrical version, courtesy of the great folks at Warner Brothers Pictures Home Entertainment.
plus episode is Ruby Gilman, Teenage Kraken, or La Jeune Kraken, courtesy of Universal Pictures Home Entertainment. Now, this is another DreamWorks production, of course, for members of Shrek and How to Tame Your Dragon, and it feels kind of like a DreamWorks one, and it doesn't. And it was interesting about this movie is there is a bit of a contrast here to this movie and the movie Red, which I reviewed quite a little bit while back on the show. And the similarities are kind of funny. Both involve, a, the main character is a teenaged person. They both uh, come from a family that has a secret that they're kind of hiding. And, and both secret revolves around a transformation, and it only affects the women part of the family. And uh, both families have lied to this kid about this transformation, and so when it hits the kid, it's like, what the heck is going on? And so there are very similarities when it comes to that situation. The, 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 the story revolves around the Gilman family, who are these kind of sea blue skinned people who live in this coastal community. And the way they get away with, you know, people going, why is your skin blue? And this is an old joke, okay? <laughs> they call themselves... Hey, we're Canadian, eh? <laughs> and that explains why they're different. This goes back, way back to freaking Coneheads in Saturday Night Live. Because if you watch an old Coneheads skit, <laughs> people will, you know, look at them and go, well, you seem a little strange. We're from Canada. And I swear, that that's it's the oldest running gags in entertainment. And, and they use it here. So these, these, these people go, okay. We've never been to Canada, but I guess it's full of blue people with gills on the sides of their heads. And so that's how they they live a normal life in this town. Though the whole town doesn't suspect that this family of uh, mother, father, and a young girl are not human. They're humanoid. And, and the mother is a real estate person in the town, and the dad has his own kind of little shop. So that's kind of the premise. And, and the movie starts off... Where where the mother has always told Ruby, right, don't go in the water. The water is dangerous. There are monsters there. And and and, and so they told the kid to avoid the water all, all her life. And and the, the movie revolves also around that it's, it's prom time, because prom's big still, and and Ruby is crushing on this young guy and 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 she wants to ask him to prom. And and here's one thing about prom, and I you know I'm I'm an older dude, you know prom was a long time ago for me. Is this a thing where where you prom propose to somebody where it's a big deal to ask somebody to prom where you have to like go to all this like it's always like you're almost like like a marriage proposal, but it's for a dance, <laughs> a proposal. And it's a big thing. It's just the kids stressing about it and stressing about it. And she has, you know, these young friends. One is like, um, uh, uh, like a, like a, hey man, dude. And then one is like a real kind of scary. She's goth, but she's not goth because she doesn't dress in like all black, but she's still kind of scary friend. And then another friend who, uh, who play is Margot, uh, played by Lisa Koshi, who. Uh, Maybe I'm reading too much into this, but I think she's like a a a, a 
trans kid or a non-binary kid or a boy who's dressing as a girl. I don't know. It's the way it's drawn. You tell me. Uh, and 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 so you have that world, right? A little seaside tune. Well, you know, things happen, <clears throat> let's say. And and when poor Ruby falls, you know, she uh, where this guy she's crushing on, he 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 falls into the water. She jumps in the water to save the kid, and then realizes that when she hits the water, her whole life changes, and she turns into a giant kraken, which is basically you know just a giant squid, essentially. And in this world, krakens you know are feared. You know, like they're the the the. the, the crusher of ships and all this kind of stuff and 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 then you know then then the then the stuff kind of the adventure resumes from there not a bad voice cast in this one uh the 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 grandmama uh uh her grandmother is played by jane fonda and you have Tony Collette as, as Ruby's mother. Uh, Ruby is played by Alana Condor, which I looked her up. She hasn't done a lot, really, prior to this movie. She's done a little bit of stuff, but nothing really big that I can see in IMDb. So it is what it is. You have Will Forte as as as, as Gordon Lighthouse. And and you have so you have a, a fairly decent cast here. You, you have this sea captain in this who's like your comic relief, who's always went out to go after the Krakens. <laughs> and he talks to a crab that doesn't talk back. So, and so, so that's the thing. Is so she discovers she's a, you know turns into this huge sea creature, and then she has to uh, deal with that. So it's very much like Red. I'm mean, just not in Canada. Uh, and, and it comes to that. And you also introduce in here that in this movie, mermaids are evil. They're the evil um, enemies of the Krakens, and there was this big war for this trident, and 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 it was like versus mermaids, and they make turn out they make mermaids here like evil. <laughs> and there's one character, Chelsea Van Der Zee, uh, played by Annie Murphy, who is if that if this character isn't a a a a poke fun at Ariel from Little Mermaid. Get out of town. Long red hair, dresses sort of kind of her. It's like DreamWorks is like, you take that, <laughs> Disney. It's, it, that can't be a coincidence. You're telling me. So you had that conflict there. And, and it's a fun little movie. Much like Red, in some ways, am I the target audience for this picture? Is, 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 is it meant for me to relate and understand and picture myself in the role of this character? Because that's all entertainment wants to do these days, isn't it, Ramblers? We, we all have to relate to every... All pictures have to relate to everybody. You all have to see yourselves in the movie to really appreciate the movie. Forget a good story. We just, you have to see yourself in the picture. And no. <laughs> Much like Red, I uh, I never had been or or no, I'm not a teenage girl, so you know maybe it doesn't hit me. I can understand the anxiety and the angst, and and the, the turning it into a um, kraken. I think water may be the trigger, but stress is also the trigger too because she gets out of the water and like starts panicking and and she has to calm down just like Red to get back to her normal small Gilman person. So you, you have that, and then there's a big conflict where, at the end, where it's the battle of the giant sea creatures. And much like where you had 
so much of this is red, man. I, it really makes me, makes me wonder if 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 one was in response to the other one. So it is was it's DreamWorks movie and it has that kind of feel to it in a way, you know, that 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 kind of thing. And 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 it's very much on an inner journey. There is quite a bit of extras of this. I always have to say Sony when it comes to extras and 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 animated, they don't they don't like slack on it. And I appreciate that because you know what I say, it's, it's a lot of times there's just not enough extras in things and and I've always said that. And it, it's nice to see that, you know, they're at least stepping up when it comes to that. Because in this one, yeah, you have like an hour of bonus content and that's not bad in this day and age. Uh, we, we, what you have is you have deleted scenes with intros in this. Also, you have Oceanside Drawing Guide because in all these animated things, they love to put drawing guides in this one for kids. So you get to uh, how to draw Ruby Gilman, Kraken Ruby, Grandmama, Chelsea Van Der Zee, and Mermaid Chelsea. So you got a lot of, you got a lot of choices there. You get to make your own aquarium. So there's a kit for kids so you can make a quick Krakenarium uh, crack, and a well of seas. You get Squad Solidarity. This is the adventures in ADR, which is additional dialogue recording. Uh, you get the Kraken Myth or Monster. This is a nice little animated piece narrated by the star and uh, to the stars. We look into the mythology of Krakens over the years. You get to meet the Gilman cast. So it's uh, behind the scenes just meeting the cast members, which is nice to see. I like when they do actually they do a feature out on the voices of the movie. Don't should do more of that these days. And then you get the the Kraken's crew meet the humans behind the Gilman's the humans behind the Gilman, so that's cool. And then you get prom stories. So, <laughs> so uh, the cast movies share their own prom stories and how they would design a promposal. <laughs> so, I don't know why that's a thing. Uh, then you get Super Seed Girl Besties, and you can see this is a piece where they, they just, you know, uh, show uh, the women involved in making Louis Gilman Teenage Kraken. And then you actually do get feature commentary, which is great, with the director, uh, Kirk D'Amico, the co-director, Farron Pearl, and the producer, Kelly Cooney, Sia, and the head of character animation, Carlos Fernandez, Peratolas, and the head of scenography layout, John Gutman. So you get a nice, good, you know, commentary by the people that make the movie. I, as I always say, I wish for the commentary by the cast members, like a separate track for cast member commentary. I always appreciate those. And it just seems there's not a lot of them anymore. So yes, great behind the scenes stuff, but I would have liked at least a separate commentary track by the cast members, or at least include one or two of those in the main commentary, just to get a better take of that. I think it always works better with that. Is, is this one of the greatest DreamWorks movies ever done? No. Is it one of the better ones in recent years? I would say it, it's up there. You know, it's it's no of the Incredibles. You know, it's it's not, you know, like the first Shrek. It, it has that kind of feeling, but it, it again, I I guess it's, for me, I, I'm not starting to get Gorgeous, uh, looks-wise, it does look great. I like the colors they use and the underwater stuff and the big battle at the end is kind of cool. And it's very much uh, a movie of like acceptance, like it's like, because that's a whole theme that the that the town has to accept them for what they are, not just monsters. Which is, 
It, it reminds me in some ways a lot of some other like um, teenage, you know, uh, DreamWorks movies where you had a female co-star. And, and the, you know, the IC talk, oh, this is like the first, first, you know, um, first animated thing with a titular character is the lead of the movie. Granted, but you have had female leads in movies before. You go Monsters vs. Aliens. What was the main character in that one? Female. So this is not the first time they've done that. So they've had strong female characters and leads in DreamWorks movies before, but short-term memory. But overall, it's safe enough for kids to watch. You know, if you have a young boy, I don't they're going to get a lot out of it. But young girls will probably be the biggest target audience uh, for this movie. So that is my take of Ruby Gilman, Teenage Kraken, or La Jeune Kraken, the collector's edition on Blu-ray DVD combo pack, courtesy of Universal Pictures Home Entertainment. My digital movie review for this episode is The Little Mermaid, live action, circa 2023, courtesy of Walt Disney Pictures Home Entertainment. Now, this is, the, you know, of course, the long-talked-about live-action reboot of, or, or version of The Little Mermaid. Disney has been going 
crazy on live action redos, all the way going back from Cinderella to uh, Aladdin to you know, the Lion King. And so this has been a bit trend in the Disney studios to let's remake something we've done before, but we'll make it better. Now, the original Little Mermaid, and I had a chance to, you know, to go back and watch that again. It's been a while. I want to refresh my memory. Is a very short movie. It only runs about an hour and 20. This film runs for two hours and 15 minutes. So they've really put a lot of padding into this. Your, your character, uh, Ariel, is played by Halle Berry. And and you uh, and and uh, the other cast, the, the character of Eric, is played by Jonah Howard King, and you have Melissa McCarthy as Ursula, which is quite the casting. And Javier Bardem is King Triton. Now, what they did in this live action version is is they made the the animal characters all CGI, and and but they made them like li- like 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 they look like live. Critters like not animated, but like they were actual, you know, sea creatures. The voice of uh, Sebastian this time is played by David Diggs. Aquafina is Scuttle, the the bird, the sea diving bird, and a, is changed to a female bird. And Flounder is played as voiced by Jacob Trombley. So those are your kind of you know main voices to this feature. Now, one of the things, and I, you know, it's funny, I, I, I watched the old one because I want to get a sense of, one of the things I, I always liked about the old 89 release back in the day is that the, the you know, being animated, all the animals, Scuttle, Sebastian, and Flounder, had really expressive faces. You look at the animation they did, and especially with Sebastian in a lot of scenes, the, 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 the voice acting really comes out in that and and the the, and the the facial expressions are so expressive and it really works in this the trouble with doing the live action version of making the real fish is i'm sorry the last time you looked at a crab or uh, a fish you see much expression in that face and you see a lot of you know em, you know emotion in that face you don't get that with this live version it's just a crab with the dead eye stare talking with no motion on his face. And if you watch the OG, man, Sebastian, all kinds of stuff played around his face. And Flounder is just a fish. So it's just, there's no no real smile. And, and even the bird, Scuttle, it's just a bird. So that's what we lose a lot. You go for realism, and it's just like, sorry, animals don't have a lot of impressions, the facial expressions. I mean, it was a bit in Lion King, but for the most part, it's like they're animals. The only way you get away with giving them human expressions is you should put them in an animated feature with the rules of, you know, this is, you know, in this reality, in the OG, animals can talk and humans can hear them. And you kind of let that go. Now, oh, and, and you know, in this one, the, the yes, they, the animals talk to Ariel. And, and so there's an understanding there. But you don't get the, the feeling that, I don't know, if, if, if the humans are hearing that, you think, oh, maybe they do. But that one point where it's, you know, want to kiss the girl. Uh, uh, if, <laughs> at that one point during that, the, the, that scene, you, you kind of question this, this is a point where the, where, the, where the bird scuttle is trying to sing, you know. 
and and you hear it saying wow 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 and that kind of voice and then they cut to a shot and it's just a bird going and you're thinking like okay is that how the human other than ariel is understanding the bird or hearing the bird or what's going on there so that's a little confusing that way now, what impressed me with the original one is that at one point, of course, Ariel loses her voice, and the character can't talk, right? And so they just have to rely on facial expressions and stuff to get the message across. In this movie, I'm sorry, they cheat. Ariel still loses her voice, but at one point after she, quote, loses her voice, she's like doing inner monologue singing. And I'm sorry. What part of you lose, you lose your voice do you not understand? Uh, well, I'm singing in my head, so therefore it counts. <laughs> okay, whatever. When it comes to music, a lot of changes in this new motion picture. Gone is the Daughters of Triton song, and also gone is the 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 chef song where he's cooking the fish, le poisson, le poisson, and and Sebastian's trying to run for his life. Now, granted, 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 granted. Uh, rewatching the original and watching that scene with the fish and him gutting them and singing about it. <laughs> By today's standards, it is a little gruesome. I, I will go on on say, I mean, Sebastian's facial expressions are funny, <laughs> the reaction and all, but the what, stuff he's describing and I pull out the guts and I do this and I do this. Okay, I can see why maybe you could say... We're just going to take that scene out. <laughs> you know, it's great Renee Bergeron in the, in the original. Okay, I, I will grant you. But they added three new songs to this. In addition to when they're doing Under the Sea, Ariel harmonizes with Sebastian because the crab can do, needs all the help he can get. I'm sorry. And no offense to the actor David Diggs, but the, the original voice of Mermaid of Sebastian sings far better than you do, buddy. <laughs> Doesn't need her to harmonize. And the song, like Under the Sea, right? You listen in the animated one, he goes, who plays the car, you know, the, 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 and all these animals are playing instruments. You see that on the screen of them animated playing the instruments. And you know, and it goes, underplayed. It's another fish, does it? And this one, he's singing those lyrics but do you see any of the fish playing instruments oh no we're going for realism you can't show that so then it makes it not make any sense whatsoever so you're like okay fine i'll buy that then then, then, then there's three other additional songs you have uh where where this prince sings about uncharted waters that <laughs> and you have ariel with her inner monologue after she loses her voice and then you have Scuttle singing. And it's just, what, what, do we really need that filler in this? No, we don't. So that's there. And one big song, too, gets changed. One of my favorite, and I'll go on records and saying this, one of my favorite all-time villain, Disney villain songs of all time is Poor Unfortunate Souls. That song is one of my favorite ones. And, and I'll give credit. I will give credit, and you're not going to hear me say this much on the show. This is, knock this up as a rare moment. I will give credit to Melissa McCarthy. 
Generally, Ramblers, if you listen to my show in any way, shape, or form for any long period of time, you know I'm not a fan of her. <laughs> I think a lot of movies she's been in, I just don't like her in those roles. Uh, she just she overacts, and uh, she doesn't impress me much. As Ursula, I was really skeptical she could do a good job, and I'll I'll give her points. She she embraces the role when she sings it. She sings it with gusto, and she looks good as that character. I mean, it's a pretty good live action representation. Unlike Ariel, who was you know they change her skin color. Her hair is not red; it's like orange, maybe. So so Ursula looks spot on, but there's one line in that song that they took out because they felt it was not it was a not the proper message to send to the young girls. And that's when she sings about you got your looks, your pretty face, and don't forget body language. <laughs> and they leave the body language one out. Because I looked this up. Apparently it's sending the wrong message to the young girls that you should not use your body in situations even though they still do it. So <laughs> they take that out in there. Uh, and and the other significant changes, uh, Ariel does not sign a contract with Ursula. She It's like a blood pact with a scale and and when 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 um when you know that that um that literature goes when it happens once or twice they haven't played the place I've had to rake them across the coals. It, it's you know when people don't when the mer people don't you know they break the contract they become little weirdo thingies in her garden of, of victims. Uh in this new movie, they sort of apply that there, but they don't. And and when 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 King Triton intervenes and takes her place, instead of being transformed into one of those creatures because you know it's a breach of contract and it all makes sense, he just up and dies. <laughs> You're like, okay, uh, you know, the transforming into a little thing, and then and then Ursula, and then goes, and then that undoes it. And he just turns back to normal. That makes more sense to me. And there is a huge change to the ending when it comes to the fate of Ursula. And I don't, <laughs> I don't think that's necessary. I think if you want to change it and maybe maybe make it a more of a team effort, fine. But it's another example of of making a male character look weak as crap. And it's the female to save the day. <laughs> if you wanted to make some kind of balance, if you said, oh, you know, we don't like that ending originally, you know, even though it's been a classic and around for years, people really love the movie. Uh, you, then, then maybe make it in a way that, like, I would have been fine with a team effort, right? Okay, maybe it makes two people to defeat her, more so than just one. But, <laughs> so, uh, I'm not a big fan of that. Overall, I mean, it is what it is. I I did find uh, like Halle ba Bailey's acting. It really wasn't there for me. A lot of times, she's just trying to do her best Jodie Benson impression, and and I just didn't feel it for her. I thought the guy that did Eric was not bad. 
their chemistry was decent, but felt forced to me. And and it, it just seems like it, it I don't know. And in watching this, I really prefer the original. Also, too, uh and this new remake, Eric is no longer a legit prince. He is a guy that washed up on shore, and then the Queen of the Island, played by Noma uh Dumanzwini, uh just made him a prince and adopted him. So he's like Okay, we're even going to downgrade him and we're not going to make him a real prince. And that's like, wow, okay, just go that direction. Overall, I mean, it, it, it's, it is what it is. I did a lot of changes and a lot of additions I don't think are necessary. I don't think Ariel had to harmonize with Sebastian when it came to Under the Sea. It was perfectly fine the way it was done. But, I mean, it is what it is. I, I you know, I when you watch these things... This is another case where I will always prefer the original animated to to this live action remake. I'll, it's one of these cases where, yeah, it just if I if you said you could only have one copy of Little Mermaid in your library, you could only have one. You couldn't have two. OG uh, cartoon any day of the week. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna choose that more. When it comes to that, now this is just a digital code. I didn't get any of the extras, so I'm not reviewing them on this on this show. Uh, so just reviewing you as a whole. Yeah, I mean, if if you if you were you know you watched the originally said I want this movie to be better. I think it should be improved. Eh, <laughs> then you got your wish. This is of course directed by Rob Marshall, who is I don't know. I think he's on a trend with Disney lately in that he. They really, really, really like him. And and they've been getting him to do a lot of stuff recently. Like, he, the last things he's done for Disney was, of course, Into the Woods, and then Mary Poppins Returns, and now he's doing Mermaid. So he's like director du jour lately when it comes to animated stuff. And, of course, Lin-Manuel Morana, who also Disney loves, he helped kind of rewrite some of the lyrics and changed some of the stuff for this movie, and probably wrote some of the new songs too. So he's got his fists in there too. Uh, overall, it is what it is. Uh, you know, an interesting reinterpretation of Mermaid, but to me, it's it's a different movie. It's a different version of the original. It it strays too far to make it an exact live action version of the original. If you want a live action version of the original, check out the Broadway play. If you really want to see that, because this, it to me, it's a completely different film with just similar elements, but not the live action remake I think most people were looking for. So that is my take of The Little Mermaid circa 2023 on digital copy, courtesy of the great folks at Walt Disney Pictures Home Entertainment. Well, that's going to wrap things up for this edition of the show. Hope you all enjoyed it. As always, you can touch me in a number of ways. You can go check me out on X, formerly Twitter, at RamblingRuss, at R-A-M-B-L-I-N-G-R-U-S-S. Tweet me, I'll tweet you back. I appreciate all the likes and relikes and retweets on Twitter. Thank you for that. Of course, you can check out all new shows right here in the Talk Show Network. I'm caller ID 18411. You can find new episodes here as well as on Google Play and Spotify. 
and I love the podcast directories across the World Wide Web. If you want to blast to the past, 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 you can check me out on my original website on Twit on at Libsyn. That's for from 2006 to 2013. That's uh, lots of years of podcasting goodness, featuring old episodes with news and reviews of, of lots of older releases, older releases, as well as convention coverage and uh, some special guests, all on those older shows. And you can find that at http full colon backslash backslash Rambling Russ, R-A-M-B-L-I-N-G-R-U-S-S dot Libsyn, that's dot L-I-B-S-Y as in Yankee and as in November dot com. That's my original home on the net. Find all the episodes there as well as other podcast directories across the World Wide Web. And in iTunes under podcast, just type in Ramble Russell and you'll find those episodes there. What's coming up on future episodes of the show? We've got a lot to talk about. Of course, we're approaching Halloween time in October and, uh, you know, it's I always try to put some spooky stuff in October as much as I can. <laughs> When it comes to that and some upcoming titles I'll be talking about and the next few shows, of course, we're going to go into the Spider-Verse once again. This time it's across the Spider-Verse with Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse on Blu-ray. You got my take of that movie or uh, Spider-Man a travailler le Spider-Verse for you. Then we're going to catch up with good old Johnny Cage with another chapter in the Mortal Kombat Legend series, Cage Match on 4K, courtesy of Warner Brothers Home Entertainment. Then it's Scooby-Doo and Crypto 2, the original movie on DVD, courtesy of Warner Brothers and and uh, Home Entertainment. <sighs> and then it's a case of Scooby-Doo and Crypto 2 on DVD, the original movie, courtesy of Warner Brothers Pictures Home Entertainment. Because, you know, I can't do... Uh, a, a review this time of year without doing a Scooby-Doo something or other. Then uh, Two Blasts from the Past on 4K from Warner. It's East of Eden and Rio Bravo uh, coming up uh, with John Wayne, Dean Martin, and Ricky Nelson. So I'll have those reviews in the near future. As well, a, an animated another animated show from the great folks at Adult Swim. Season 1 of Smiling Friends courtesy of Warner Brothers Pictures so Entertainment. A animated show and a really odd little animated show and we'll get into that when i talk about it but it's it's something different and i'll have that review for you on an upcoming episode as well i i did i'm trying to get to secure i did a copy a digital copy of the movie elemental courtesy of walt disney pictures home entertainment and i'm trying to um and also i'll give you my review of avatar the way of the water uh digital review too and i did get a really cool uh, link to a, a a picture from the great folks at WellGo USA Entertainment, a uh, digital screener copy of Dr. Chion and the Lost Talisman in a future episode of this very program. So that is coming up. Also coming up, uh, a tech review. The nice post of Samsung. We have to get, send me a Galaxy Tab 9 that I can check out. So I'll give you a tech review. I haven't done that in a long time. I, I've had a few Samsung tablets over the years, I'll give you my tech review of that very device to let you guys know what I think of the uh, one of the latest tablets to um, to appear, the S9. So that that's coming up in a future edition of the program. And a small production note: I am still working on trying to get my YouTube channel started. Yes, I know I keep saying this, but I, I am working on. I have lots of figure reviews coming up. Some some new figure stuff, some stuff that's been around for a while. So bear with me. Uh, when it does get launched, I will put an, an, a notice on X uh, for it, let you guys know. And and I hope you guys do me a favor and check it out. 
And when it comes to figure reviews, if you guys are in the market for figures, make sure that you hit up Entertainment Earth and check out my code that I have for them, RamRus10. I'll save you 10% on any order and any, any order that is $79 US and over does ship free in the US. So if any of my US customers want to take advantage of that, do so. And and I have some figure reviews coming up in the near future. Lot that's a variety too. So I'm gonna give that a try in the little setup that I have. So keep keep watching the space and watching next, and I'll have that announcement hopefully before the end of the year. I that, that that's that's my goal at this point. Let's try to get that done. Uh, and that's gonna be a lot of some Hasbro, some McFarlane, some interesting stuff. Some Mattel, just uh, keep watching that space. And oh, I still encourage you. I still have my Amazon wish list up on Amazon. Anything in there, if you choose to, you know, help the show. I don't have Patreon. I don't do Discord. I don't have memberships or anything at this present time. So if you want to support the show, you can go check out my Amazon wish list. Anything that's chosen on the wish list will be reviewed on the show. So if you want to control the content, you want to control what I review, it's there. All different high prices. If you want to make it anonymous, you can. If you want me to say your name, I will gladly will do it. And that's the way you can join content on the show. And either it'll appear on this show or it's a figure review. Very possibly appear on the YouTube channel. So that is a way you can contribute. I try to keep the, the list updated on a regular basis. Choose what you can afford if you can. Great. Uh, it would really help me out. I don't ask for much on this program. So that is it for me, and we'll catch you guys next time right here in Ramble Russell. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening.
courtesy of universe blah 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 bloops and blah blah bloops courtesy of universe blah 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 courtesy of universal pictures home entertainment lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office more than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.